0: And I teach there's no home runs. Like today mm. it's a bunch of base hits. You just have to get the first, get the first, slide to second, steal third, yeah. and hope to get home.
1: Everyone, welcome to the Practice Growth Summit. I'm super excited to be with you here with this incredible interview with the movers and shakers of the profession. People are making a huge impact both for our profession and our clients in our communities. This doc, I'm going to introduce in a moment, he is not only the owner of four offices, he also is the founder of CairoFest. Over 600 people have joined that and he's been practicing for 21 years. Um, and I always say this I love interviewing people who've got multiple offices because they're the definition of skin in the game. If they don't make this work in their practices, that's even that's, that's multiplied, right? They've got a lot more risk. And that's good because you know that what they're doing has to work, you know? So I'm
0: very excited to introduce to you today. So Dr. Paul, you say hello. Hello. Thank you, my brother, for having me on. And, and you, you as well doing big things. So I appreciate you and all that you're doing for the profession. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm so excited to be speaking at um, Carfest
1: this year. Thank you so much wow. for the opportunity. And so I tell you what, tell us, tell us about, this is a bit about you. Like, how did you get involved in chiropractic? Why, why the urge to go multiple offices and let's start there, you know? How, okay,
0: cool. Start. So yeah, man, it's, I mean, I, I think, I think like a lot of us that have been in chiropractic for a while, I had an experience with chiropractic and that's why I, you know, became a chiropractor. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, heavily involved in sports growing up, hurt myself. My folks took me to the chiropractor, cleared me of subluxation at that time. Did I didn't know what it was, right? But, but. Know as I matured in my chiropractic understanding, I knew that that appointment was a divine appointment because I literally got up from the table in eighth grade, right, 14 years old, and said, I am going to do that. Didn't know really what it was, what it meant, how I was going to do it, but I knew that that was something that I wanted to give back to the community at that instant. You know, later on, one of my mentors, you know, taught us that, that, uh, you know, chiropractic connects man the physical, man the spiritual, right? And I and I knew that 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 instant in time i had a had a spiritual experience that connected me with my why um, for this planet and so that's you know and, and i i charted that course you know from 14 years old i said that's what i want to do and i when my sports are done you know i use sports as my vehicle to get me to college and, and do some different things but you know I, with, with the end game always knowing that chiropractic was what i was going to do um, beyond that so that's really how i how i got into chiropractic and um yeah so it was young age yeah What well, what what sport were sport you involved in yeah I, I wrestled and played football so that injury was actually a, a wrestling injury but um i played college football and so you know again I, I share from stage how chiropractic kept me functioning and healthy to be able to play you know division one football so
1: oh man that's awesome so tell us about the stock you know a lot of times people might see now four officers at you know being able to have 600 people in the room at Chirofest and you know, running a massive uh, organization, a great conference, an awesome team—you know, amazing family—all those things. And uh, sometimes people like forget. You know, the start's often a different story for a lot of people, a lot of us, right? So tell yeah. us a little bit about the start. You know, how was how was when you first opened your first practice? I think 21 years ago. Tell us about that. You know, and tell us about some of the challenges you experienced and lessons you learned. If you would, if you were able to tell yourself 21 years ago. You know, some piece of advice. What would you say? And tell us. Tell us about the start and some advice you would love to have told yourself back then.
0: Yeah. So actually, one of your one of your summit speakers, Dr. Ron Overstein. Yes. Uh, who's coming? So I again, young into the profession, went to a non-principled school, but school, but hung out with a lot of principled chiropractors. Was involved in philosophy and seminars all through chiropractic school. Um, and I went to one of Ron's seminars. Of, it was the Power Zone back when Ron was coaching and, and had a super successful practice at the time and um, signed up, so before I even had my license, so, that, so here I am married, got married in undergrad school, went through chiropractic school, I meet with Ron, I come home from this seminar, I'm like, honey, I met this guy, he's gonna help us go from here to here, but we need to send him 12 post-dated checks for 750 bucks, I'm like, she's like, what? I'm like, I just, I, I know we're supposed to do it, I, I trust him, so we're gonna do it, you know so I don't even have my office yet, I don't have my location picked out, um wow so i write ron 12 checks you know for 750 bucks mail them to him and start coaching with him be- six months before even open. wow and so it was a uh, you know I, and i when i travel and speak and share and coach i'm like guys like that was the the most priceless thing that i could have ever invested in myself yeah, to help right. me so as soon as i opened the doors i mean within a month I was seeing a hundred a week, you know, three months, three hundred. Like it just, I just it got the ball rolling. Um, so that you know, it took out some of the bumps and the curves that I would have experienced had I not done that. So I, I would say the one most, you know, impressionable thing that I would encourage people to do is, is find somebody you resonate with, hire them as your coach, life coach, business coach, whatever it might be, um, to help you really get to where you want to go. Now, did I had a vision all through chiropractic school. What I, what I saw is my office, right? Like, here's who, here's what it looks like. Here's what I want to serve. But I didn't know how to, like, put those mechanics into place. So hiring Ron, you know, way back when helped me um, really hit the ground running so that I was, you know, blessed and successful almost from the get go. A lot of people are like, you know, I ran into struggles. Did you ever have those? And I honestly can say, Ryan, that I, you know, my wife and I look back, we're like, we've just been blessed beyond belief. I've never had any of those Now, it does have challenges and tough times and, you know, discord and all those things that happen, but just in regards to practice, I just feel like not only was I aligned with doing what I was called to do in this universe, but, you know, having somebody help me fast track it. um, was Speed. I think,
1: um, I don't know if you know the story, actually. I'm talking, first of all, you know, you were blessed, but it came from an investment in yourself. And and I often say that this sounds really woo woo what I'm about to say now, but I honestly believe that sometimes the results from the investment happen before the coaching happens. I know that sounds weird. It's like, it's the universe. It's like, can you imagine the message you sent to the universe about your belief in yourself before you started practicing? No income. I mean, there are docs all over the world that do that right to this day, and they've already got income and they've got place and you before you did practice so that self-belief is like the message you sent to that universe it's just crazy self-belief um and then all the coaching obviously always helps so i'm a true believer that a coach without a coach is not a coach i've always got mentors always got coaches i've always got masterminds and involvement in the amount of money i spend a month is obscene right <laughs> um, right but here you go every level is a new devil so every level yeah. is a new devil. so we're all all our journey, doesn't matter how great someone looks on stage or something, he's got a, you know, the great, I personally speak with, you know, Rob Kiyosaki has his own coaches and those yeah. guys, no matter how big they get, so I just, that's a great, I, I mean, that'll change a doc's life just by having that, just doing what, just copying what you did there, really. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Right. Very cool. So, now, four officers, many years yeah. later. Uh, you know, so- specifically kind of, but this practice goes, but I, but we really want to focus on new patient acquisition and yeah. um, not only that, but really what's working for you guys now? Yeah. what has worked for you really, really well in the past? what's like some of your
0: bankers what's worked really well for you? Just talk us through that a little bit right now. You know so I, 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 teach, I try and teach my docs that low hanging fruit is, yeah. is is the easiest thing to get and and so that comes from education right The more we educate our people. The more you do advanced classes and different things within the practice, where people are bringing in their own tribe to your to your tribe, they're already it's like a warm sales call. They already have trust and faith and belief in you because their friend, their family member, whomever is has has given you that trust. And so, I think within our practices, the the going after the low hanging fruit is the the easiest thing, and that and again, it comes from a highly educated practice member. And now does that ever go away? 21 years. I have people that have been with me all 21 years and you know they, they still don't fully get the principle that you and I live, right? They <laughs> they they kind of have the chiropractic lifestyle, but they don't fully get it. And that's why constant continuous education um, is so pivotal in what we do as a chiropractor because that's, you know, they're with us, whatever. A minute to 10 minutes within your practice. And then they're outside your practice being screwed up, you know, the rest of the, yeah. the rest of the day. Yeah. And so just constantly having fun and educating at the same time um, and then host, you know, better results, faster class or whatever it might be to to help educate them at the next level with a guest or, or family member. And then that, that patient or potential patient becomes a patient. So that's, that's the one thing that I think is our cornerstone is education.
1: Nice. So talk us through that strategy a little bit, because, um, you know, we have, events as well as we big on talks and things like that in our offices and we break them down to three. We do events outside in the corporate world in companies. Amazing. We get people to come to us through lead generation, through Facebook and things like that, come into office and then we do in-house. That's kind of the way I've always looked at it. It's like, you've got your in-house to your current clients and then they bring partners and things like that. And then you can drive people into your practice from outside and you can go to local communities. And um, one of the things that challenges I see within within one of those being in house education classes, advanced classes is show up rate. So, so, so tell us some, that's just some of the challenges I see with my docs. Is so tell us about um, how you've come, you know, tell us about that. Do you relate to that? Is that something how, how have you come around that and uh, how have you solved that problem? If, if you have, it?
0: no, it, it, it is a problem, and I, I don't, I wouldn't say that we have solved it a hundred percent, yeah, um, but I would say that my team just continues to swing. Yeah, um, you know that's the thing is I I see that docs get discouraged because I had X Y and you know I had ten people scheduled and one showed up and then so they they instead of they, they live in the gap so instead of focusing on the one and knowing that one can multiply they they focus on the nine that didn't show up and, it, and it's no different when you're young in practice you get stuck on the one patient that complained like you served a hundred people today. And instead of focus on the 99 miracles, you're, you're focused on the, that one that's like, oh, doc, that hurt. I didn't get better or whatever. Um, and, and so it's the same thing with those with the you know, potential not show rates to your, your advanced classes in your practice. We instead of focus on the one or two or three or 10 people are there. We get worried about the ones that didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And then we let that you know beat our spirit up. And then we lose our enthusiasm and, and, you know, and our, our charisma to want to do it and educate and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I wouldn't say that we have a hundred percent show rate uh, by any means. We, we struggle with those things just like you. And I, th- I think as people, the world's gotten busier, mm-hmm. um, that people are less, they, you know, they don't want to prioritize that stuff. When I was, you know, 21 years ago, um, my show rates were greater, any advertising I did worked better. Um, but I think today instead of, you know, there's, I, I again, I teach, there's no home runs. Like today mm-hmm. it's a bunch of base hits. You just have to, Get the first, get the first, slide to second, steal third, and hope to get home. You know? And so just, it's constantly doing the things that you know to do um, over and over and over again. So,
1: yeah, uh, you know, it's funny. I did an interview in the summit also, and uh, I tell you, the word discipline comes up. You know, it's, and it's, and, 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 and I always tell my dogs, like, success is pretty boring. You know, like this thing over over again, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, but like 21 years, Dr. Paul, 21 years, and 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 you talk about bankers, and I love that you talk about that. You're or your, or your, your low hanging fruit. Is um, we've got this disease in marketing, and this is where we talk about the disease in marketing, and it doesn't matter whether you're a chiropractor or not. The disease in, disease, disease in marketing is there's something that's working in and has worked in the past in all our practices, and we've got bored and we've stopped doing it. And when we really look back, it's like, excuse my language, we're like, shit, we should get back to the I bank. should have done that. <laughs> yeah. Like, why did I stop doing that? Often when I say that to any webinar, etc., like these light bulbs that go off, like, what's the thing that you've stopped doing that worked for you but you just have stopped doing it? And normally, you get
0: bored, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: So, um, so anyway, that's the word that comes up for me, discipline, and I love that you said live in the gap. It's not necessarily like, you know, um, we don't get paid on conversions, if you will, for instance, like, if you had ten, if you had twenty people sign up for the for the advanced talk, and five in our heads we say, oh, that's only you know terrible show up rate, whatever percentage it is. But you don't like that's not the point. The point is that there's five.
0: Yeah, right. They so, could
1: multiply to twenty five. <laughs> uh, cherish the five, like cherish the five. So. Okay, great. So tell us a little bit about some of the challenges right now you see um, from a marketing standpoint and some of the things that you're focusing on right now. Tell us, maybe talk us a little bit about you know, how you perceive online marketing versus offline and what, where you're heading more towards and what's working well for you right now.
0: You know, so there's, and I think you'll probably agree with this, there's so much noise mm-hmm. out there now. And I think people, you know, just look around, look at the youth, right? They're constantly on their phones. They're never, there's just so much noise. Yeah. Um, and so, so I think, again, it comes to worry is, is, is professionals are going to have to do multiple things to touch people on multiple levels. Um, you know, so we're, we're trying to ramp up more of our Instagram and, and all these different, you know, touch points, um, for future influence. And so I think that there's Again, it's going to be constant base hits, and so because people are on so dynamic and moving, and and you know, really, do you see somebody sitting down and reading a book any longer? Which is a lost art. Um, I think we have to we have to continuously be you know evolving and, and having different touch points to try and influence people. Um, so how do you manage that? Because
1: um, you know, as a practitioner, multiple hats, right? So yeah. you've got the guy that that works, you know, as your successful operator working in the business, but none of us as chiropractors spend enough time working on the business. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just like I mean, I had an interview with a guy the other day and he was like, if you're not spending at least 50% of your time in the marketing in some way, shape or form. And I was like, Jeez, if you tell it to a chiropractor, think about that statistic for a moment, that's not even possible, right? So yeah. but somebody in the practice needs to be focusing on those things. So how do you manage that? The hats between being, you know, uh, an operator, and um, you know how to delegate time, how to 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 those type of things. Where it's learning about that, etc. And uh, tell us a little about your feedback on that.
0: You know, so I I struggled with that. I would say back till about four years, like three and a half years ago, um, where I I I had I felt like I had to have my hand. I had to be in the practice, right? The practice mm-hmm. is all. I had to have my hand in everything I did, and you know, again, the universe provides. At that time I was wanting to expand. We had we had two offices I wanted to grow. Um, and so I had a I had a major CrossFit injury where I, you know, I I couldn't rupture my quads superiorly. So all four of them detached, had to have them surgically retached the next day, couldn't straight. I couldn't bend my leg for seven weeks, couldn't put what couldn't put weight on it for six weeks. And so the lesson was like, okay, now I can't practice. Now what? Right. So that's so that so what I would encourage people to do is if you want to be in that growth mindset, is is our system set up enough to where if you weren't there, things would continue to survive and more importantly thrive. And it was it was a great lesson that I actually did have the systems and process in place um for Paul to not actually be in the practice. And ah. so that's when we went from three to five. And so that was a really eye-opening experience to like, okay, well, I do things are okay, Paul. You're gonna be fine. You've, you've set up the infrastructure so that it, it's not it's not Paul's practice, right? It's, it's, it's bridge and it's serving your community. Um, but it is, a, it is a definite balance and and trying to um, – I think the biggest struggle for Kairos is to remove their ego and know that yeah. it doesn't have to be them, right? Because yeah. especially ones that are successful and have a big practice, it's like yeah. I'm the driver, I'm, 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 instead of like delegating and knowing it's going to be okay – but then having, you know, indicators, checks and balances for those team members in those areas um, to making sure that it's the outcomes are what they're supposed to be. So my my right. outreach my outreach coordinator, you know, perfect example. I had her doing some things uh, to turning referrals around our offices. Um, she took it upon herself to feel that it wasn't successful and stopped doing it without you know asking. And then I checked back in. Hey, how are those going? Oh, I haven't done them in a few months okay, well, why I didn't feel that, you know, she explained that she didn't feel that it was, you know, getting the return investment that we wanted. I'm like, no, it takes time. Like top of mind awareness. You have to stay in front of them. It'll happen. So we picked it back up. And all of a sudden now we're starting to stimulate some referrals from it. So I was like, okay, this is why constant consistent movement, you know, is, is important. We can't, you know, that's the other thing I would say to docs too. They'll try something and run with it for four or five, six weeks. Don't get the outcomes that they expect. Yeah. Um, Right. When, when another week or two might've been that tipping point, like, it's like, you have to keep the gas, you know, the pedal to the metal, like don't slow down, you know, and and practice growth too. I I try and teach folks that, that whatever your volume might be, there becomes a time when the practice will start to, uh, I don't want to say self-evolve, but there's enough, energy and enough momentum mm-hmm. that it stimulates its own self mm-hmm. but you have to get to that point and you know my docs and my satellites are like they'll drive and mm-hmm. they'll almost get there and then they start to see some success and then they let off the gas mm-hmm. right and then they drop their visits drop I'm like dude it's like you're you are you you standing behind your car and you're pushing it and you got the, it you got got it rolling and it's mm-hmm. easy so now you're just walking with it yeah. and then you stop and then you got to put all that energy back into it to get it going again and so it's like whatever it might be, just like stick with it knowing that you're going to get to the outcomes that you're that you're setting up. Your
1: now, I don't know if you found this, but just in my practices, when the practice gets about, I don't know why, it's just a little number, but 300 a week, you know that that where it becomes like a, it becomes like it just, it kind of runs itself. And nothing runs itself, right? You've got to get, you've got to keep the, the wood in the fire, you're still going to do marketing. But kind of at, three, at the, a lot of the heavy lifting is done. And it seems yeah. to buy That's just my, my experience. No, and you're, you're 100% right. 250, I know three, like, Yeah, 200, like somewhere around there. It's just like a magic number. And it's just got, there's just enough people in there to just yeah. make it a little bit easier. So, so if, you're, yeah. if you're close there, just keep going. But there is definitely a tipping point. But don't let off the gas because of that. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll just touch on something that you mentioned there. Um, I think a lot of docs battle with the statement I'm going to say now. It's one of the best definitions I've ever heard of a business is the definition of a, a business is a profit-making enterprise that works without you. Now, for a doc it's a tough thing to hear because now that does not mean that for it to be a successful business that you ever have to stop adjusting, but you have to add you have to the business has to run in such a way as if the personality of you, anybody could be adjusting there, and people will battle that because look, we're all a little, bit of addic- little dit- a little bit addicted to walking to the coffee shop or wherever it is. I know you own your own coffee shop. Spot, <laughs> but it's pretty cool walking into a restaurant and something and say, hey, Dr. So-and-so. Hi, Dr. Singh. How are you doing? Hey, Dr. So-and-so. Like, and I don't care what, what doc you are, that is pretty cool. And it's a little bit addic- addictive that. And you said the ego. So I oh. think it's the act as if. And you know the great business books like um, uh, E-Myth and all those books that like were the foundations of a lot of our reading talk about running it as if. It is a business that works without you. So um, in my experience, my docs that I work with, they get, it's the opposite of what you might think. They get busier the less they do. Um, What I mean by that is the less, the team, when you go then you build a team and you've got your, like you said, the reason I that quote to me, you said my outreach manager. Yeah. And what's so interesting about that is like, most docs think that they have to be the outreach manager. Yeah
0: right
1: yeah so the less they do if like if they focus on the adjusting and they focus on the working on the business and the, the, the key skills that like I believe are, are the things it's a funny one, the less they do by virtue of making a team that does it around them and helps them build the practice like you've done. That's what in my experience a little bit is this false belief that like, the harder I work, I've got to do every single thing in the practice for it to work. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a conundrum there. Anyway, so, so, so we've had some good stuff from you already. We've really understood the, what I really liked about some of the stuff you said. Again, the word discipline comes up a lot. There is no silver bullet, right?
0: No, and, you know, and, and successful life is boring, man. I like do this, my, my, my routine, you know, that's the other thing I would, you know, that I learned from Ron, um, and from greeting and being coached by other successful people is your routine is your routine and stick to that routine. You know, I'm, I'm a 4am guy. Talk us through You know, so I'm a 4am guy. I'm to the gym by five, home by 620. Um, you know, do my, my, my prep to get myself to the office. Um, I get to the office early so that we can look at the schedule, visualize who's going to be there, who should be there. Do your huddle, right? We huddle before every shift and set our goals. Um, you know, what, how many people are, you know, how many special appointments, how many regular appointments, we want to exceed the the regular and the special appointments by X amount. Meaning, you know, there's three new patients on there. Let's set a goal of CN five. We have fifty fifty adjustments in the morning. Let's set a goal of CN sixty or whatever it might be. Um, we talk about any, you know, if there's any somebody that's fading off of care or somebody that needs a, you know, a little extra time to communicate why they're here and why they hired us. Um, lunchtime, I usually do business stuff. So we have a couple hour gap between. I'm you know, doing email, you know, communicate you and different people doing you know, management stuff, and then back before afternoon shift, huddling again and, and set in the afternoon um, and then cruise into the evenings. What time do you go to bed? Uh, I'd like to say earlier, but it's usually between or close to 10.
1: Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Fantastic. Well, you know, I don't know if you realize this, but in this interview, you've, you've used the word visualize more than once. <laughs> okay. I did. And you know, what's interesting is um, uh, in a lot of the summit interviews I've done, the word visualizers come out. Um, huh, okay. And it's so interesting. Um, I am obviously a, you know, I, I'm, I, I've got a two-year-old daughter right now, so my routines are a little bit out. But I was a 5 a.m. guy that did more routines, etc. And 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 now I just try to get them done. So it's so, a bit survival mode. Watching this, you've got kids, younger kids, you know what I'm talking about. But tell us a little bit about if there are any tips or tell us how how you would recommend um, a lot of it, there's sometimes people develop an unhealthy relationship with goal setting because the goal that they set, they often don't, with the goal, I was taught the goal, the goal you set, the lesson you learn, even in trying to hit the goal, sometimes you learn more of a lesson from not hitting the goal and you grow, et cetera. So, but it's about, re. in my mind, it's about reframing that. But tell us your experience with goal setting, visualizing, and maybe like, you know, a hack to prevent that unhealthy relationship with goal setting, because often we set goals. We don't cheat them, and we think, "Oh, you know." So, tell us about what pops up for you when I say that.
0: You know, I, I uh, kind of back to the to the um, when somebody doesn't show up for a class, right? We get that that we start to live in a gap where we get negative instead of knowing that um, it's part of the process, like you're saying. So, you're it's not necessarily hitting that goal, but like you said, it's it's what you've learned in the process that's making you better. Um, to to and and it's not it's not in your time, right? So that goal, even though it's It's, it's, you will hit it, right? It might not be when you thought you would hit it, but stick to it. You know, I had a great lesson. um, uh, Again, this is bad mentorship that I had back in the day. So we, um, again, with balance with your family, right? So the other thing I'd say with goal setting and or your routine or schedules don't, you have to be fluid, right? Because stuff comes up yet. Like, you know, one of the times we spoke, you had a sick kid, right? Like, like you just, you, you can't be so rigid um that it's that it's breaking down success so you have to be a little bit fluid and same thing with practice right people aren't going to show up people are going to walk in that you didn't expect you just have to have a little bit of that fluidity within your you know your your adaptability right so when you're when you're clear and connected and, and unsubluxated you're adaptable um and so it's you know it's the same thing with with life and your 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 routines and your patterns and your goals like um, you know, it rains a lot. I don't know if any, I think it rains a lot where you guys are at, right? It rains a lot here. And so I, I share the example of like, so with raindrops on a window, right? So if you, if you follow that raindrop running down the window, it doesn't have a straight line. It's going to, it's going to connect to a raindrop over here, right? And it's going to diagonal a little bit before it drops down. And, and so that, that raindrop, if you watch it on a window, never just goes straight top to the bottom. It always has its its own little life or pattern that it takes on its its journey to, to the bottom of the window. And so it's the same thing. Like I might want to go from A to Z straight, but I might have to go over to Montana and then over, you know, over to see you and back and around to be able to get to where I want to go. And so we just, um, I want to say just go with it, but don't, don't be so rigid and stuck in where you want to go um, Accept the process. Yeah. And, and as long as you're, so as long as you can lay your head down at night, knowing that you did everything in your personal power to, move towards that goal, it, you should be comfortable with that. But if, if you had a day to where you're like, you were off and, and you laid your head down you're like, man, I should have done this. Why didn't I do that? Then that's where you start to get more mental, like battle, that struggle, mm-hmm. that tug of war inside. But if you're doing everything every day in your power possible to move you closer to that, then know that it's going to happen, but not necessarily on your time.
1: Got it. Oh, I actually literally wrote that down. And if you listen to this right now, you should write that sentence down. It's not in your time. Because you just saved, like Dr. Paul's just saved you a world of pain. <laughs> no, because like you know, and I, I always have a vision board. And one of the things okay. I noticed in my vision board, and there's a time frame that I'd like to achieve it in that year or whatever, but one of the things I've noticed with the vision board is exactly that. Everything on the vision board happens, but okay. not in my time. But it's the discipline and the trust and the faith to keep on doing the vision board when the damn thing hasn't it's happened. Five like we keep saying, visualizing it, seeing it. Yeah, yeah. So it all happens. Like it's everything on my vision board, I've ever done. Like obviously, there's loads more, but everything, like, it's all happening, but not in my time. Some of them I wanted to achieve four years ago, <laughs> and I'm only yeah. doing it now. But yeah. it's to continue doing that. So I think you've given us all a huge gift just with that sentence.
0: Not in your time. Um, and the brilliant thing is, is sometimes it happens faster, right? Like I've had stuff like. It's like once, like, uh, I want that by here. And it's like, that's done. Like, oh, I didn't even realize it, it's done. Like, yeah, you know, so. Yeah, very cool. And listen, I I was
1: sort to finish one thing that I'm a huge believer in. Um, I I truly believe that for a business, the the worst, one of the best statements I've ever heard in my life is the worst uh, worst number in business is one. The worst number in business is one. So if you've only got one marketing source, if you're only relying on referrals, if you, whatever it is, you've only got the worst number in business is one. And you spoke, I wrote it down when you said it. You said um, you need you need multiple avenues and multiple things you're involved in. So would you mind just very briefly if you had to give us four or three or four or five or two or like of the basics when it comes to like a marketing perspective, what are some ideas that you have for docs that they should be looking towards, even if it's broadly, what they should what should they have? A couple when they say irons in the fire. Where should they be at least putting some of their attention from a marketing perspective on new patient acquisition?
0: Man, I, and so I, I think you already said it, man. To be honest, because we're doing a lot of the same things. So it's the in-office stuff, yes. right? It's the lead generation for a class of whether it might be a dinner with the doc yes. or, or or a talk on a specific subject, um, and then getting in and doing corporate. We do the same things, right? We go to a bank and do a talk to their team members. So going to where to where the people at. So that's it's like you said, it's the the practice members, right? Bringing yeah. people. It's yeah. you doing leads to, to find people, and then yeah. it's you going to the people. So tell uh, what you're using for leads. So what, what are some, some of the things that you're mentioning? Facebook ad to, for, to create a dinner with the doc. Yes, um, nice. Or something of that effect. Or we'll do an ad for, hey, you know, we're gonna do a thyroid talk at the office. Yes. Or something, something that's you know a hot topic or subject. Nice. Can you get, okay, well, I'll share a bit of a lesson we
1: had and then, and then maybe you can write to me and we'll finish on this note is, I am the vitalistic chiropractor. I wanted to go out and tell the world about, about incredible topics like how to live longer, how to live your best life, how to, you know, all the cool things, you know, how to live subluxation free, all those things. And you know what? There was such great topics that nobody showed up. Showed up. Yep. <laughs> So, so my lesson in the marketplace is, and BJ Palmer spoke about this, That symptoms himself. That's what he spoke yeah. about. So, so some, it's amazing. It's just with the thyroid, the fibromyalgia talk, the anxiety talk, the, um, you know, we, we do some pregnancy workshops and yeah. some of those yeah. things. So sometimes you have to, in my experience, it's about, it's about going to the marketplace with what the marketplace is looking for and then educating them what they can have over time. And, and, and tell us a little bit about your experience with that because I know we had some horrific show-ups with what we thought were amazing topics because they were yep. our passion, but they weren't the marketplace's passion. Yeah. So tell us about that.
0: Well, and, and, and I would 100% agree with you. Like, if, you know, teach the, the chiropractic lifestyle or live, you know, live, live abundance without symptoms of people. It, I think it's because the world is so symptom-driven Yeah. That they don't even think wellness Right. Even though there's a lot of lot of lot of um, wellness talk, people truly don't understand wellness. So if they don't understand it, they're not gonna they're not gonna seek it. And so yeah, so we we do the same thing, right? You have to. I, I as much as you know, it's outside of you know, chiropractors aren't symptom based people, right? But we have to. Ninety some percent of the practice members that come in. some sort of symptom and that's what drew them to your practice and so finding what is what is hot and 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 marketing to that to draw that person in and then laying down your foundation right your day one your day two your day three whatever it is that you have for your system and process to educate them on the why so that when that 10 percent of the nervous system gets better with their symptom they're fixing the 90 percent to allow their body to, to to express optimal health so. very cool listen I'll tell you that
1: um, if someone's listening to this right now and um, they'll save you a world of pain because I know when you start marketing and you come from the philosophical background that we do and you want to fulfill that uh, that outreach uh, you will have some hard lessons along the way like I did uh, and, and then you realize you know you've got to have people in front of you to serve lots of people so you've got to full, put bugs and seats so now I mean we put I mean we just recently did uh, anxiety and depression talk and we had um, something that I would never felt comfortable doing a few years ago. And we should have 50, almost 60 people registered for that. Oh, tour. that's awesome. 60 people in the room. And, you know, 25 of them became chiropractic patients, you know? Awesome. So, yeah. so, you know, and you just think like, you know, that is an avenue that I probably wouldn't have looked at a couple of years ago. But I realized like, you know, the marketplace has changed. And, and, and look at 25 people being served um, yeah. under chiropractic because of that. And one of our amazing docs that we work with. So, um, yeah, cool, man. I just had a lot of fun chatting with you. Oh, yes. It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you found this podcast or this interview, this summit, really, really interesting. Um, Dr. Paul, I learned a lot. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Um I think, I think our multiple practice owner docs are unsung heroes in the profession. Uh, it's a lot harder than it looks, right? And I've lost my head, Dr. Paul. But, um, but listen, thank you so much for the nuggets. And again, I just want to recap a couple of things. For me, it was not in your time. Multiple streams of new clients, putting on classes, in-house stuff and your low-hanging fruit that you mentioned, which is, which is, which is a killer for me. So guys, I hope you had an amazing time. I know if you just take one of those things. I promise you, you have practice growth. We love and appreciate you. Thank you for your time. Dr. Paul,
0: any closing words? No, just thank you. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Keep on keeping on. Thank you, guys. Hey
1: docs, thanks for watching the video, I hope it was helpful, if you haven't yet got my book, it's completely free, New Patient Avalanche, it's exactly how I grew my eight practices, saw 10,000 new patients every single year from the strategies in this book, everything's in here, it's completely free, all you do is pay for the shipping and the postage, click on the link, I promise to will help your practice grow, see you at the next video.